You want to watch a podcast? Yeah. It's episode four. You ain't seen it. You ain't seen it. At gmail.com. So what's been going on? Um, well, we finally have video. We do. The captain's alive. We got video. See if I can keep this thing out of my face. See ya. So, uh, what's been happening this week? Um few things well um i did finish reading that uh final comic book yesterday is it any good um I, I'm, I'm done with it <laughs> yeah um you had mentioned earlier in the week that you wanted to talk about your best prank ever my best prank ever what was that i don't know you you mentioned it's like oh yeah best prank ever we should talk about that well I can think of a few good pranks what as far I... as that I've been involved with, but yeah, well, tell me about it. Maybe I'll remember what I was talking about. Yeah. I mean, you you have the classic stories of like high school when you go like toilet paper toilet paper people's yards. Yeah, whose house did we roll in Kilgore? Um, well, it was I guess, I guess which time? Yeah, it was a bunch of us. Uh, Brad. Richard Dustin, uh, you, Moby, Richard Adam. I think it was everybody. And Gilbert. Yeah. There's Hank. Hank has decided to join us today. I guess somebody's at the door. Yeah. They'll come back. I want to say it was, um, could it possibly have been one of our favorite uh, conversation starters in the friend group? I don't know. What do you mean? The one who must not be named. <laughs> oh. You think that's who we rolled? That's what I'm wondering. No. Don't no. Think so. No, I actually you know what? I feel like it was pants. Pants. I feel like it was pants. Lauren. Yeah. I was, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, was it? Yeah. I can't remember. I'm not sure, but I feel like that's who it was. Possibly. Could have been Jess. I mean, we went through a period of time where everyone was getting rolled. Yeah. I didn't do it that often. I did maybe two in my life. Mm. Yeah. I, I can think of one really good one. We um, did that one pretty solid. Yeah. I feel like. I don't have any regulation of that one. Yeah. I don't have any Kilgore rollings. I have a Henderson rolling that was infamous. Yeah, no. This was, uh, this was Kilgore. Mm. On other funny things, like I remember uh, it, old secret stash. Yeah, you know that story. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think I got a couple of secret stash packs. So good. So <laughs> we'll go ahead, and uh, I'll go ahead and just tell a story. Yeah, so. you live there. So. Yeah. So um, it was probably the summer of two thousand and five or so. Um, we were all living at this house in Denton, Texas. This group of, at minimum amount of people we had in this house at the time was six. But was max, there six on the lease? Six on the lease. It was the band, right? Yeah, it was a band. Yeah. 
Um, everyone was in there, everybody was piled in. And then we had another band come stay with us for multiple months. So at one point we had, I think it was 15 people in this yeah, house. They essentially lived there when they weren't on tour, right? Yeah. 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 So, um, you know, being the whole broke artist thing, like it, probably half the guys, maybe two thirds of the guys were working. And then you had some that didn't have jobs. So we were kind of sharing our resources um, purposely and not purposely, but, um, we, everyone was, you know, smoking cigarettes and drinking shit pretty much all day long. Like there's always someone at the house, you know, sitting outside at the poker table, either playing cards or just drinking booze or whatever. Yeah. But, um, so there was this one point in time where we ran out of cigarettes and no one had any money to get any cigarettes. It's like, ah, we're just looking around trying to find, you know, pack of smokes or just you know cigarettes whatever. smoking butts off the yeah like drug. picking up i mean yeah. straight up like hobo style like finding like just that one more hit on a cigarette left in the ashtray well, that's why nobody ever emptied the ashtray and so you had a poker table outside drew carey style and then an ashtray somewhere under a mound of butts <laughs> right it just got spilled over onto the table there was at least one time there I picked up my beer off of that table and almost drank a butt. This is like a three-day-old beer. I'm sure that I've, I've, I've done that before. I'm not sure if I did it at that table, but yeah. I've like picked up a beer, take a swig, and then get like an old beer with cigarette butts in it. Oh, yeah. But yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. so gross. But anyway, so uh, my brother, uh, being the Boy Scout and preparing for the future... Um, when he had some money, he went out and bought a carton of cigarettes. And he had them hidden away in his room and didn't tell anybody. In top of the closet, right? Yeah, it's in the top of the closet. Yeah. Um, I had uh, gone into his room for something one day, and I look up on the shelf, and I see this carton of cigarettes. And it had, um, I think it had three, two or three packs taken out of it already, so it kind of had the staggered look, and you could tell he was pulling out a pack in order. Right. So I got to the last pack, opened it up, and pulled the cigarette out and put it back in the very last slot. And went outside and lit up the cigarette, and I I think it was Adam, maybe. Looked at him and was like, man, where'd you get that cigarette? (laughs) And I was just like, secret stash, man. (laughs) It's like, secret stash? He's like, where's the secret stash? Like, it's like, go in the room, look on the shelf. There's this cart. The last pack at the very bottom corner is open. Yeah. I get a cigarette from there. So he gets a cigarette and he comes back out. Now we're both smoking cigarettes. And I think Brad was there. He's like, man. <laughs> well, you guys get them cigarettes. It's like, secret stash, man. <laughs> so he got in on it. And before you know it, everyone in the house knew about secret stash. Yeah. So everybody's going in there and like Except. taking cigarettes. Except my brother. My brother had no idea. So we end up emptying this pack. He just knew about... Well, he, I guess he originally had the secret stash. It was his secret stash. Yeah, it was his secret stash. <laughs> yeah. We were secret stashing the secret stash. Right. Secret stash, it's yeah. hard to say. So anyway, he, you know, we finished out that pack. And uh, through like a... It may have just been one day. I don't know. We forget all about it. And we're sitting outside one day playing poker. And my brother uh, goes inside the house comes back out he goes he goes man they gave me an empty pack of cigarettes in my garden 
and we just all lose it, just laughing, just like, and he says, like, what? They're like, secret stash, he's like, oh, secret stash, oh! They got so mad, but it was so funny. See, okay, I heard that different, or I mis- or, uh, misunderstood that, I guess. It was more intense the way I thought it went. I thought you took hacks and the entire, and like, and then just kept pushing everything to the front. And so it got down to like, just like two packs left. It may have been two full packs, actually. I can't remember if it was one or two. I thought it was at me, least one. I thought we emptied me, it out. Yeah. I but he, he, either way, he still like got to the last pack or packs. Was just like, right. man, what, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> we just like secret stash. Then somebody they gave him a empty pack, just like they uh, gave him a room that was already taken on tour at that hotel. <laughs> oh yeah. That was funny too. My brother, he went through this whole time period where he had incredibly bad luck. And everyone knew it, but they would also kind of add to it. It became this thing, like, to pick on him because it was so bad. It was just so crazy. It was, yeah, just so crazy stuff. We'll have to get him on here to talk about it. Yeah. But, I mean, um, huh, I forgot my train of thought. Yeah, so you guys were on tour, and I just, this is one... One more story, I guess. You guys were on yeah. tour, and then who was it? Gibby was videoing, and yeah. then everybody decided. Uh, hold to... on, hold on. Okay, you uh, let, let me back it up just a little bit because it's right. funnier. So we had this bus with no air conditioning. Uh, oh. It had three couches in the hammock, but no air conditioning. And we're on tour, playing a few shows, and we ended up getting set up in this hotel, four or five star hotel, really nice. That. Uh, this guy that's managing for us set us up in. So we, uh, up until this point, every stop we had, you know, we'd end up crashing at someone's house or a Walmart parking lot, and we always had to have somebody sleep in the bus. We called it bus duty. So um, my brother had done it probably more times than not, and he's just, like, so sick of it. He's ready for a bed. He's like, no, dude, you got bus duty. So anyway, fast forward, we go to this uh, hotel... And we get our keys. My brother's outside, like, smoking a cigarette or something. And um, uh, I believe it was Brad and Adam and Justin. Actually, you know, I think everyone was in on it. Yeah. Uh, ran in and got the key for his room and, like, just flipped the mattress upside down, put the table and chairs on top of it, and just, like, wrecked his room. And he comes walking in and giving his keys, like, all right, here's your room, you know. Enjoy. He, <laughs> we got it on camera. He goes walking up, opens up the door, kind of peeks in, then turns around. He's like, "Yo, there's someone in there." <laughs> and that's on video. Yeah, we got that that's on awesome. video. But it's so funny because everybody was telling him, "It's like, hey man, you got bus duty. We only got enough rooms for <laughs> for just five or five people. There's six of us. So man, sorry." <laughs> he's like, "No, no way." <laughs> Bus duty, bus duty. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So, yeah, good times with <laughs> picking on my older brother. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't that be the other way around? Oh, he he got his his time in when we were younger. Yeah, he, he could tell you some of those stories too. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he fed me a peanut butter sandwich. Nice. When I was a kid. Nice. I wanted to. Peanut butter sandwich, and he made peanut butter and sand. Never beat you up, which 
No. Because he's I, a fair bit bigger than you. He was a lot big, Especially then. bigger than me back yeah. then. Um, but I would always just run away. <laughs> I was really wiry. <laughs> so I would, I would I'd antagonize him to, the po- to his boiling point. Just sit there and just poke and prod. Yeah. And then he'd take off chasing me and I'd just run into the woods. Yeah. <laughs> Never catch me. <laughs> Can't catch me. See you later. Yeah. You said you had some stuff you wanted to talk about. Well, that was was one of them. Um, You know, we did look up, uh, we talked last week about getting pigeons instead of chickens. On top? Oh, yeah. Yeah, see, I wasn't that far off, was I? So, when I looked at... I felt ridiculous when I said... When I was questioning, they don't like I said they don't lay every day, right? Like chickens do. Yeah. Obviously, they don't. I know that. Yeah. But, but I mean, how often do they lay? It, well, it's like twenty-four eggs in a year. That's twice a week, or that's that's <laughs> twice a month. <laughs> it's two eggs a month. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. So averaging, I'm sure they don't lay in the winter. I guess I not. Know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, Pigeons like there actually wasn't a whole lot of information on it. But they were they were saying like after pigeons mate it's like after eighteen days they lay and then like another fifteen days they hatch or vice versa. Right, it's a pretty quick turnaround. Yeah, so yeah, you so can get a bunch of pigeons. Yeah, out of a couple. That's about the same as rats, I think. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean I think rats have more, but it's about that quick. And rabbits, I, that may be like a. I don't know. Yeah, I think Brett, uh, I was going to say a rodent thing, but you know, you got some large rodents that I know aren't uh, reproducing that often. Yeah, rats. I mean, uh, what is a rabbit considered? Is that a marsupial? A rabbit? It's is a rodent. Rodent is a rodent. Yeah, stupid. I think. A pretty, nah. it sounds like a rodent. What a squirrel? What's a squirrel? I think it's mammal. It's rodent, right? A squirrel might be a rodent. Man, we need a fact checker. I know. I mean, we got smartphones, but... We got Siri. Hey, Siri! Nothing. That bitch didn't answer you. Watch this. Hey, Siri. Don't listen to you either. She's a bitch. I hate that bitch. Oh, man. Yeah, uh, pigeons would be cool. Uh, My grandfather-in-law raised pigeons. When he was a kid, when he was a boy. So that would have been, I don't know, in the 30s or 40s, maybe. Raising for me? I believe so, yeah. Hmm. I mean, it's the same family as the dove. It is a dove. It's basically the same thing. A pigeon is a dove. Yeah. It's a rock dove. I guess just because we see them around the city shitting everywhere. It's not yeah, exactly the but, ideal meat in your mind. But that's why they're here. Yeah. They were brought here. They're not native to here, I believe. They were brought here for meat, hmm. um, and that's that's why we have so many of them. One, they reproduce efficiently, and two, we use them a lot for meat. So obviously, there's going to be a lot around everywhere. Yeah, imagine if we ever go into another big recession, that would probably become like an essential thing. I mean, I'm down to do it now. Uh, I mean, it's clean meat. If you're raising it, you know what's in it. Uh, yeah. If you raise, 
you can raise those for meat and then have chickens for eggs and also meat, but... Yeah. Hmm. I know my uncle did quail. He did chickens and quail, actually. Yeah. He had a quail pen and then chicken coop. Yeah, that's, that's not a bad way to go. Quail's great. I love quail. There used to be a restaurant in Latch, Texas in my lifetime. Where, so where I'm from is basically like a ghost town. It was a town, then it was, you know, shut down. But when I was younger, there was a restaurant there that they were working on. They were doing pretty well. Um, they served quail. And I'm pretty sure that's all they served was quail and chicken fried steak. Wow. I mean, they had they had other things, but nobody wanted it. You know, it's like the quail's so good and the chicken fried steak's so good. Why? That's so many quail, though, to have a restaurant. Oh, man. It was, yeah, we would have, we would, like, after church, we would go and have the whole family there. And it's just, you know, maybe a hundred quail on this table. Because you can eat two, three, four, easy. Yeah, yeah, they're small. Yeah. Tiny. So, you know, everybody's got a couple and you got got 30 people in your family. A lot of quail. Yeah. I think I've had quail tacos before. That seems good, but almost injustice to the animal. Right, you know, because it's because yeah. like, I wouldn't want to. It's so good, I wouldn't want to mix it with a bunch of other things. I would just eat the quail, yeah, and then have, maybe have some sides to fill you up. But yeah, yeah, I'd go for a quail talking. You know, I would. I'm totally like these days, especially. I'm totally down with trying like pigeon quail. Yeah, it's all meat. Yeah, I don't know for some reason we. I don't know if it's the anthropomorphization anthropomorphization that we've uh, you know come to through uh, cartoons and uh, TV shows and all this stuff that we why we don't like animals like that to eat or if it's we've just got this connotation about them that's I don't know like they're gross for some reason yeah it's kind of like that sign it's like where do you draw the line where it has like all the animals (laughs) it's like about right here yeah (laughs) Yeah, but there's plenty of good meat on that other side, too. <laughs> yeah, you know? there's a couple in there. But like, yeah, pick that one out, rabbit, yep. Yeah. Yeah. But I have a funny quail story. All right. It goes back to my uncle's quail pen. So <clears throat> my cousin and I were really big into reptiles, uh-huh. and I'm pretty sure at around seven years old I had this idea of creating a zoo. So yeah. I was always catching, like, every – I think every kid did that. Yeah, probably. Set. But just catching every little – thing that moved I could yeah but I had this rat snake and it got about three and a half four feet long or so and at one point I actually got bit by the rat snake I was walking around holding it and uh bit me like his mouth was big enough to go across my wrist yeah. freaked me out um after that I was like all right I'm getting rid of the snake so I go off behind my house let it go in the woods well the next day I get a phone call from my uncle and he says Daniel, I need you to get over here. Okay. So I walk over there, and he says, Is that your snake? And I look in the quail pen, and there there is a four-foot rat snake with three huge bulges <laughs> in it. Like, it's huge. I'm like, I go up and I look at him like, Yeah, that is. That rat snake that I let go went straight into his quail pen and ate three full-grown quail. Nice. Damn. I thought yeah. you were going to say eggs. No, full-grown quail. Well, I guess, yeah, if it like, was that big, then... Yeah. It was massive. I'm like, how did this guy fit this inside yeah. of him? Yeah. Like, he was pretty well fed. I mean, I was feeding him mice all the time, but oh, yeah. he couldn't resist the 
taste of quail. Quail's so, so good, man. Eat snakes so, like it. <laughs> I go over there. I get griped at, yelled at. Like, what are you doing? These are my quail, this and that. I'm like, I like you put it in there. I didn't put it in the cage. Yeah. You know, I put it probably it like two, three hundred yards away, but yeah. it wasn't far enough. It would have found it either way. So we didn't want to kill this. He didn't want to kill the snake because it was non-venomous. Yeah. And they're good for their ecosystem. So we ended up taking this snake out to Martin Lake State Park. Yeah. Let it go out there. But it's just it's so funny. I've got a good snake story. Let's hear it. As a kid. So uh, I was a kid where I grew up out in Latch. We, our house had a creek behind it. And I would run around and, you know, snake hunting, whatever. And I saw this. I was a pretty little kid, so I can't tell you how big the snake was. I imagine now that it was four to five foot. Uh, pretty big snake. It was a. I thought it was green, right? So mm-hmm. I thought, as a young child, maybe five or so, I thought that it was a giant grass snake. Mm-hmm. Turns out, my dad came out there. I was trying to kill it, right? So mm-hmm. I, I went back up to the house. I got a hoe. And I was going to go out and kill it. And my dad came out there. I guess he followed me up. And I was beating on this snake. And uh, and he said it was a king snake. And he was like, leave it alone. And I was beating. I was so small trying to kill this snake with a hoe. I was beating on it. He said he saw it the next year. Had scars all over it. Wow. And it Couldn't came kill. back. Uh, yeah, I was too small to kill it. <laughs> <laughs> this thing was probably, it had to have been longer than me. If I was five. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, those things get big. King yeah. snakes? Yeah. They're, they're awesome, too, because they actually eat copperheads. Right. Which yeah, awesome. I've never seen a green king snake. Yeah, I heard, but I have no details for, the Ash vs. Evil Dead got canceled. That kind of sucks. Mm-hmm. Did you actually see all the episodes? No. Which is, yeah, so I guess I, I can't complain that much. You know, I watched, I watched uh, maybe three or four episodes. Yeah. About Maybe not even that. I think I may have only watched one. And uh, we normally only watch stuff like going to bed. Right. Mm-hmm. And Bonnie didn't really want to yeah, watch well, Ash vs. Evil Dead as she falls asleep. No possession movies before bedtime. Right. Yeah. Understandable. Yeah, but I guess it's, uh, you know, folks like me to blame for that getting canceled if it's true. I saw a thing online that said why Ash vs. Evil Dead was canceled. Um, so I guess I should check that out. But, you know, some of the biggest fans. Like, I guarantee Brad didn't watch all of it. Has Brad watched all of it? Has Dustin watched all I of bet, it? I bet they have. You think? I bet. I would mm-hmm. bet not. But I could be wrong. So, like, some of the biggest fans, if we're not even watching it, yeah, then, you know... If it would have came out, you know, 10, 15 years ago, right. maybe a different story. 100%. Yeah, or, like 10, 15 right. years ago, nobody had real responsibilities and kids and yeah. everything. So. They had an open house to watch set movies that are crazy. You, can you imagine if Ash vs. Evil Dead came out when we all lived in the apartment? Oh, it would have been chaos. That, like You wouldn't have been able to fit another person in that apartment. No. Like, everybody would have been at our house watching that shit. I mean, kind of already were anyway. Yeah. But yeah. add that on top of it, then it's just madness. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that would have, man, that would have been a great time to put that up. Yeah. I still think uh, that'd be a good goal. 
or a guest on the podcast, we could somehow get Bruce Gamble. Yeah, how much does that cost? Who knows? I mean, it may have to be like a traveling thing, like move our podcast to Comic-Con or wherever he is. Oh, and like, just... we'd probably still have to pay, it. I don't know what he would do it for. Like, we just want one hour. How much does one hour cost? Hell, just to meet him and like get a picture at a Comic-Con is like uh, 50. 40, 50 bucks. Yeah. yeah. I, tr- I was going to get, I was going to get my picture with uh, Lou Ferrigno. Uh-huh. And I had a serious debate on whether or not to pay that $40. <laughs> but I finally came down, like, and I don't I don't know if I made the right decision or not, but I finally came down to uh, the realization that as a grown-ass man, <laughs> I should not pay $40 to meet another grown-ass man. Even though he's the fucking Hulk. I mean, if that autograph was something like, I don't know, Derek Jeter's autograph, I'm not a Derek Jeter fan. But it would be worth a lot. Or like um, Tiger Woods, who doesn't do autographs. Yeah, yeah I'd go pay that much. For do people still pay for that stuff? For autographs? Yeah, like for I mean, like a piece for... of paper with Tiger Woods' name on it. Oh, I guarantee it, because he's only signed, I think he's only signed, when I looked into it, like three golf balls, and uh, all three of those were for charity causes. Like uh, he right. refuses to actually sign his name. Yeah. Because he knows, he knows about that. He's like, no, I'm not going to. Let people make my signature worth a whole lot of. Well, yeah. by doing that, isn't it raises. It, yeah. Yeah. So if you didn't want your signature to be worth a lot of money, then sign everything. Yeah. Kind of like Nolan Ryan. Like he is signed. I, I, don't, I remember reading somewhere where they actually had a projection of how much that he will have signed in his lifetime. And it was just like millions. That's why I had ridiculous. to stop pitching. Just so many. <laughs> it wasn't because he was throwing so hard. <laughs> he's got, sign, sign, he's got uh autograph elbow. I mean, I bet every baseball fan, like big time fan, has an Nolan Ryan baseball. Or there's a good chance. Like have you I don't. You don't. I don't have uh I you know, when I was a kid I kinda traded and scrimped and like everybody was stingy with those Nolan Ryan cards. I I didn't have that many. I couldn't I don't mm-hmm. know. Maybe it's just like the area you live or something. Because well, yeah, I mean, I, re- I mean, I lived out in the middle of nowhere too. Yeah. But I guess it's just like the supply and demand. I think where I lived, I had enough cousins around who were constantly buying cards and having extras. Yeah. I have a or had uh, I have no idea where it is, but a book of nothing but Nolan Ryan cards. Yeah. It was like the complete Nolan Ryan collection. Wow. But who knows where that thing is now. I did get to go to, uh, when my mom would take me to the uh, card store. And, you know, we would uh, pick out a new card. She'd say, like, here's maybe ten bucks, five bucks, probably five bucks. Get whatever you want for five bucks. Sometimes I would get a five dollar card, which was like Wayne Gretzky. You know, because I collect yeah. them. I like hockey too. So mm-hmm. I collected some, uh, some hockey. Um, but then, yeah, and with hockey... When I think just every boy that was uh, at least into some sports loved the Mighty Ducks. Oh yeah! So when they became an actual team, my mom took me to the baseball card store, and we put—I had the guy put together the original lineup for the Mighty Ducks. Nice. Like everybody on the team got that collection, and I still have it, and it's been out of the case. It's in one of those, uh, like one of those bigger or like a. A thicker case, so it'll hold a bunch of cards. Uh-huh. It's got all of them in there, and I think that case has been opened no more than five times. Wow! <laughs> I just like you know, just put it back, 
and uh, never really touched it. I've shown maybe two people yeah. uh, that like held out the cards and shown maybe two people those cards. Nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was fun. I remember my mom doing that maybe after like baseball practice or something whenever we were in town. Uh, we go by the store, and remember the Beckett. Yeah, you can't even find a Beckett anymore. I would have, I would always have the new Beckett, and like be up on, you know, I'd look at my cards, have all my cards out in my book, and I'd have my Beckett sitting next to it, and I would find the numbers, like look over, and be like, oh, uh, Jose Canseco's worth three dollars right now. Yeah, you know, it's so crazy, like how big of a thing baseball card or just sports cards in general were. It was huge. And now it's like, I don't even know. I guess they still make them, but I don't hear They do still make them. I, there's been a couple of times I've picked up a, uh, a package yeah. of cards. So I'll sit there and like, I'll see them at the checkout. That's my impulse buy. I don't yeah. ever buy the candy bars. I'll like, oh, there's a package of top. Nice. <laughs> let, me, uh, let me grab that. Do you remember the, uh, was it Bazooka? Man. They did the... Yeah, baseball cards and gum. Man, that's a whole other thing that we can get into. And Brad can back me up on this. Me and him have the same thing. That stuff is the most disgusting stuff in the world. <laughs> well, Brad just hates gum in That's general. what I'm saying. Oh, you both hate gum. Yeah. That, like, yeah. And the stuff that comes in there, that's, you know. Oh, it was terrible. It's ridiculous. But, yeah, no. There, mm-mm. No. <laughs> I, I won't date a girl. I wouldn't have dated a girl that chewed gum. Like, like you're great, but you know, either switch to mints or I'm gone. See ya. What about tobacco? You would you take someone who chewed tobacco over gum? Yeah, yeah. If a girl chewed tobacco, like you know, that's okay. That that it's a little different, but yeah, no, you, no. That doesn't even sound real. No, <laughs> you I mean, take tobacco over gum. What's 100%. so what is so gross about gum compared to tobacco? It's just disgusting. It's just disgusting. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, Bonnie, she switched to mints. Now we're married. <laughs> True story. Yeah. Like, you know, she's awesome, but when the gum went away, you knew. There were a couple times that right after we first started dating, she would get in the truck or whatever, and I would see a package of gum. I hate saying the word. Even the word is disgusting to me. Gum. It's, yeah, that's not going to be a thing that happens. Um, yeah, I'd see, like, in her purse or something. See a package, and be like, set. She's like, you weren't around, like, still. <laughs> and she's like, all right. And then she just switched. It's not, it's so much better. Like, mints go away, right? Yeah. Mints go away. Sure. Yeah. So, anyways. Uh, Tobacco doesn't, like, big, like, chew. Sure it does. That will, if you spit it on the ground... It will go away in a day. Oh, like decay? Yeah. Okay. I thought you said like in your mouth it dissolves. Like, no, it doesn't. You still chew on it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll chew every once in a while. You know, go uh, go fishing or something. Pick up a bag of uh, Levi Garrett. You know, I never did chew. Levi Garrett. <laughs> <laughs> the brown bag. A sponsor that is not a sponsor. Yet. Yet. I'll let them sponsor a fishing trip. I would too. Yeah, right. That'd be great. Yeah, I remember uh, going back to baseball. I guess uh, we would always away games. Somebody would always have a pouch of Levi Garrett, and coming back from the game, you know, just kind of pass it around. Everybody pull out a chew, and 
you know, for the ride home. And I remember it was a home game one time, and I took a chew, and we were about to go out. I went behind, out of the dugout, behind the bathrooms, and chunked a little bit. I was like, <laughs> all right. Yeah, like turned a little green, oh. <laughs> and then came back, headed out to second base, and did my job. <laughs> yeah. I never, uh, I remember smoking some cigarettes before a game. Actually. See, that's rough. Back, I mean, back then, you know, you're basically a kid, so it's true, yeah. it, you can bounce back. But I remember we had a kid on our team who was a chain smoker, and he was struggling so hard at the beginning of the season. Oh, yeah. It's like, yeah. Of course. I mean, during softball, we were all like smoking. Oh, yeah, yeah, so. yeah, it's different. But you can't even run the bases if you hit a home run, so it doesn't yeah. really matter. But they put me in center field. True. I was still chain smoking at that point. Yeah, that... Uh, I, I was so excited about playing, I think, that I... Just push through. I don't even remember being winded. Yeah, that uh, that first game, uh, you know, smoking a lot at the time, and right off the bat hit a double. I didn't think I was gonna make it to second. <laughs> Every <laughs> step. <gasps> oh god, <laughs> guys, hurts so bad. I think back at that now of, you know, team big three beer company. Yeah. Sitting outside the dugout, and everybody's like drinking beers and smoking cigarettes before playing yeah. a sporting event. Oh, yeah. And just like all these other teams are probably just like, what are these dudes doing? Well, I mean, it's the name of the team. It was Team Budweiser. <laughs> I wasn't going to say the name, but yeah. Why? Uh, we should go to that brewery here in town. I have no desire but, to go to a Budweiser brewery. I, I've seen enough videos and how to. You know, I'm just saying because it's yeah, shitty. But uh, yeah, I never got into that. Um, I mean, I'm sure I did drink a beer before the game, but I'm too competitive. I don't like to get fucked up before a game. Yeah, I think our first baseman played 90 percent of the games like trashed. Oh yeah. Yeah. I was just like, put me at first. Right. That was my position for so many years. Yeah. Like, well, you're, you actually can move around a little bit. It's put you where we need someone to move around because no one else is willing to. Yeah, nobody wants to run. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to put you in center, which is also playing left and right and some of second base. Yeah, right. <laughs> left and right are just standing there watching fly balls. Yeah. I did so much running. Mm-hmm. That was pretty fun with uh, me and Adam at... Uh, he was playing short. I was at second. Because mm-hmm. he played college ball, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's so weird. Yeah. Rolling double plays and, you know, making it look pretty. Yeah. That's fun. That's one thing I think, it, think is really cool about baseball is there's a little bit more time, uh, at least, I mean, maybe it's like being a kid and just wanting to mimic your favorite players, but you spend a lot of time, like, perfecting, like, little skillful things that right. aren't really necessary, but they're cool. Yeah. When I was in high school, well, even in Little League, you know, it's, you have to get good. You yeah. got to learn the fundamentals. Once you get that down, then my philosophy was always make it look good. Yeah. Like if you, I can make the plays, no problem, but I'm going to make this play look good. Yeah. So that was always my thing. I, you know, I always added some flair to it. Uh, I had things I did in high school that, you know, just kind of showing out stuff. Mm-hmm. And we, one time in Little League, we had probably the top four or five guys in our starting lineup. And I played second. We had a guy 
Adam Whitfield. He was bad. We were good friends. He was playing, uh, he was our catcher. It was the first year, I think it was the first or second year that you could steal. Mm-hmm. And no one made it halfway to second. Mm-hmm. As soon as he, because I think you had to, uh, well, I don't I don't remember the uh, exact rules, but yeah, every time he would throw down, I wouldn't even move. I would just stand in the baseline, catch and tag. <laughs> it, it was a joke to try and steal on us. Yeah. We had him at catcher, who, Mitch, what was that guy's last name? I don't remember. Edberg. No, that'd be great. Uh, <laughs> I was at second. Peeper was at short, and you just couldn't touch us. Yeah. I'll never forget that first season when we did stealing. Yeah, you could lead off. I was the only left-handed pitcher in the league. I was just smoking so everybody. Confused the heck out of people yeah. with my pickoff move to first. I mean, I wasn't that great. Just no one knew how to read it. So my first game, I had three pickoffs. The first game nice. I ever played. Yeah, like that's nice. awesome. Yeah, and I don't even know how many I had throughout the season, but yeah, it was so funny because I would, I would, you know, you go through the whole motions of like trying to fake it people out like you're going to throw but still go to first right. or still go to home and which is a balk <laughs> in, in high school at least well i mean it's just like the not so much turning shoulders yeah but it's just like the you know this you know the leg lift and everything yeah kind of like squaring up and then just going straight first because i do my best not to move, move my shoulders until i was which is probably terrible for pitching but yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't actually start turning towards home plate until after I'm, my motion was going. Yeah, I I can think of a. I don't know who it is, but I can think of a big leader that throws like that. But yeah, that good left-handed pickoff move was always to pick up your knee straight up. Yep. And then you turn and throw. I guess it's the only. Yeah. Well, yeah, because. But I think in high school the rule was if your knee went straight up and you're. Your foot and everything went straight up. You could pick up, but if it crossed over, yeah, it crossed your other leg. Yeah, then you had to go home. But yeah, you could uh, do that straight. Yeah, I tried to do that. They put me in. We were losing real bad one time, and uh, and this is in Little League, and my last season of Little League, and uh, they put me in pitching, and I was doing that same pickoff move. I was working on it because you know, we were smoked. You know, so I was just working on it at third. I'm right hand. Yeah. And uh yeah. I just I don't think I got one dude. I think I allowed a lot of runs because mm-hmm. I was overthrowing and yeah. Mm-hmm. But that was a that was a rough one. Do you have a memory of like the most embarrassing baseball story? Yep. I was about to, I was about to, I was actually <laughs> about to bring it up. Um I don't know if it's the most embarrassing, but it's pretty good. We were this was in high school. We were playing uh I don't. I think it was New Diana, which was our big rivalry. Mm. They were also we were Harmony Eagles. They were New Diana Eagles. They were, you know, we were separated by the town of Gilmer, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> so we were playing, and the uh, coach was at first base. Um, I, I I don't know if I got a hit or if I walked or what, but I get on first, and he's telling me this guy's got a good pickoff move. Listen to me. Mm-hmm. He's like, I've got it nailed. I've got it dialed in. It's like, all right, so I get my lead up. I'm watching him, and he's going to pick me up. I dive back. He goes home. <laughs> he, he pitches. <laughs> and so I, I, I'm on the ground, dive back, you know, touching first, like would have been safe. And I'm looking back at him, and he's as he's pitching, 
he's cracking up, which was, I guess, a kind of a good move because he threw a ball. Yeah. Because I made him laugh. <laughs> but yeah, I thought I was. Yeah, I, there was no doubt in my mind that he was coming to first, trying to pick me up. <laughs> I dove back, and everybody in the crowd was laughing. I'm like, ah, well, oh man. I mean, that's that's one on. Uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, lose the ball in the sun. Mm-hmm. That field actually, in particular, was terrible about. It. Once the uh, start, the sun started going down. Uh, at second base, yes. ground balls, I just lose them. They're, yeah, they would disappear. Mm-hmm. But, so that's that's always embarrassing when you're squared up for a ground ball and it's mm-hmm. six feet to your left. Yeah, but, but yeah, that uh, that pickoff was it was pretty embarrassing. Oh man, you're saying earlier about making stuff look good. Yeah, I was like the complete opposite. Um, I was all about making the play happen. Yeah, no matter how it looked, and I was just a clunky, clumsy, right. just goofy looking dude. I was slow, chubby. Yeah. Just all things wrong with being a baseball player. <laughs> I, had, I still had one of the best on-base percentages, but it's always something crazy, like people bobbling the ball or just like, yeah. you, you'd have to ask my dad. He's like, it, yeah, he's, I was the flute player. I yeah. got on base somehow all the time. Right. I mean, I was a good hitter, too. I had plenty of hits and everything. Yeah. But uh, my most memorable story uh, in baseball would have to be, I, I may have told you this story before, but... It was, uh, I was going to pitch. It was, uh, I believe, the 14-year-old age. So it's like one year after you start picking people or doing steals and everything. Right. That's right. But um, uh, after playing in the league for, what is that, eight, seven years, mm-hmm. you get to know everybody in the league, right. in the summer league. Yeah. So pretty much friends with the majority of these dudes at this point. Um, this guy comes up to me before the game buddy of mine, Corey Wharf, he comes up to me and goes, hey man, you pitching today? I'm like, yeah. It's kind of like, give a little smirk, like, yeah, I am. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh yeah? You gonna throw me the curveball? Oh, that's what it was. It's the first year they're letting us throw curveballs. Oh, uh, yeah. And it's like, I might. You know, it's kind of like, we'll see. He goes, well, Daniel, let me tell you something. You throw me that curveball, there is a God, and God is good. And that ball's going over that fence. <laughs> and I just we I just start laughing like, okay, man, sure. He's yeah. never had a home run before. I had never had anyone hit a home run off of me. And just like, all right, whatever. Right. So we get down into probably the fifth inning. We're kind of coming up on the end of the game. And uh, bases were loaded. I wasn't doing too hot. Here comes Corey up to the plate. And we just like we're like made eye contact the whole way out of the dugout, just like staring each other down. Yeah. It was like just a you know, smirk on our face. It's like, all right. Cause like I throw him uh it's like a low fastball and he just kinda looks at it. Throw him a high fastball, he swings, he misses. And I throw him that curveball. And he cranks this thing, man. Scrack <laughs> I turn around, I'm just like, no way. <laughs> And I just sit there and watch it go over the left field fence. And he throws his hands up, run around the bases and everything. I'm just like, oh, my God. <laughs> Could not believe it. And he comes all the way down. And then, thankfully, my catcher throws the ball over to third base and says, I have an appeal. And it's like, what? What happened? Well, uh, this guy uh, who was on third base when the uh, ball was pit, or no, the guy who was on second base, whenever the ball was hit, didn't touch third base. 
he missed the bag Uh-oh. running around because yeah. he was excited about the home run too. Right. So we appealed it and it didn't count. Wow. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. But I just, I'll never forget that sinking feeling. And then that was the last out of the inning. So we all went directly into the dugout and I just went and sat down. I was like, you knew. Yeah. I was just like, damn, <laughs> he called it. You got it on a technicality. But yeah. You knew. Oh, I just like, yeah. It's like, oh man. So brutal. <laughs> And then a thunderstorm rolls in, and mm. the game got canceled. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so we ended up having to make the game up at the end of the year for yeah. two innings. Yeah. 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 I had one home run hit off of me in uh, my Lily career. But we had that guy, um, Ryan, Ryan Montgomery, I believe was his name. Uh, and when we were in Little League, he always had this curveball that nobody could touch. Mm-hmm. You know, he was a bad pitcher. Like everybody was scared when he came up and they're like, Ryan's going to throw that curveball. Mm-hmm. And it was also at the time that, uh, Nolan Ryan was at the peak of his career. And so this guy's name's Ryan. And so, you know, yeah, 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 we yeah, get that, yeah. you know, but, uh, we get to high school and he's still pitching and it's, you get there and it's, it's such a different animal in high school. And so he comes up to pitch, throws that curveball. And you're like, Oh, that's just a high hanging curve. And so it just sits there and <laughs> just like it was the yeah. It was, was like, everybody was cranking that ball. Nice. Yeah. So it's like what a year's difference makes. And uh Yeah, that first year everybody don't doesn't know what to do. It's like what is this? Well, I mean, as soon as we got into high school, yeah. that curveball had no effect anymore. Yeah. It was you know, it was like a, setting it up on a tee. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I played uh, baseball in Indonesia. Really? When I was over there, yeah. We uh, we lived in a town called uh, Chilagon, Chilagon. Uh, and it was two hours from Jakarta. And I drove. we drove uh, two or three times a week, two hours, to go to an international school to play baseball. Nice. Yeah, and I played with, uh, it was cool, because I got to play with everybody, like people from all around the world. It was like Australians, New Zealand, Canada. There was a guy from here. There was a guy from yeah. Houston. That'd be interesting. No way. I, hmm, his name was Michael. No way I could ever remember his last name. See, mm. maybe he's still here. But like, hey, do you yeah. remember me? <laughs> Play baseball in Indonesia. Is there anybody here named Michael who played <laughs> baseball in Indonesia around in 1992? 1992? Yeah. I think it was 92. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be interesting. That'd be a... It should look interesting to look that. up. Yeah. yeah, see if I can find that guy. Huh. I bet I could look through some old stuff and uh, get a last name. Yeah. Yeah, but there's some uh, records of that somewhere. Somewhere, yeah. yeah. Or you could always do like the find my long lost family member thing. Like hold up a sign, like looking for this person. If you know a person right, who's ever, yeah. you know, hold up a sign, do that. Find my long lost center fielder. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> a long lost center fielder. Yeah. I still have that uh that uniform. Nice. The our pants were like a uh, sweat paint material. It was a little different. Ooh. Yeah, it was uh I don't know. Seems a little hot. <laughs> it was yeah. They they were hotter. It was uh I don't know, it was a different uh setup over there. Uh I mean the climate is a climate pretty much it's tropical. It is tropical. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's amazing over there. Mm. You got two seasons, you got hot and rainy. Hot and rainy. Yeah. The rainy season, you don't really want to go to uh, the ocean so much. The it's monsoon. fine. It's just uh, it, um, 
you know, you get a lot of debris, yeah. you know, storms like uh, stuff washing up. You got a lot of driftwood. Water's not that clear. Mm. But in the when it's not the rainy season, it's amazing. Yeah. It's some of the best water you'll ever see. Wow. But yeah, Indonesia is a it's another story for another podcast. Yeah. Well, we did pretty good on time. Yeah, sounds pretty good. Um, Maybe wrap it up here. Yeah, if uh, you guys have any uh, thing you want to tell us, any uh, questions uh, to ask us, anything you want us to put on, uh, do that email. You know, C H O O A I N T S E E N I T. It's kind of crazy to spell, but you ain't seen it at gmail.com. Gmail. 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 Gmail.